This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Weissman, spelled W-E-I-2-S-S-M-A-N. I am an attorney here in Chicago. My email address is mweissman at lgattorneys, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S, dot com. My affiliation with RMA is as an instructor in the commercial loan documentation course. In addition to that, I write a monthly column called The Legal Corner, which appears in the RMA Journal. I also serve as a member of the RMA Journal's editorial board. The title of this podcast is 21 Issues to Consider in Loan Participations. The podcast deals with classic loan participations, those involving the purchase of a portion of a loan by a participant from a lead lender. The format of our podcast is question and answer. Each question will be relatively short, and the answer will also be relatively succinct. I will ask the question and then answer it. And so, here we go. Number one. In a participated loan, does a participant have a contractual relationship with the borrower? Answer, no. Only the lead lender has a contractual relationship with the borrower. All documentation is only between the lead lender and the borrower. Number two, may a participant depend on the credit evaluation of the borrower made by the lead lender in deciding whether or not to participate? Answer, no. The participant is obligated to make its own independent evaluation of the creditworthiness of the borrower. Number three, does the lead lender have a fiduciary duty to a participant? No is the answer, because a participation is the sale of an interest in a loan by the lead to the participant. So there is no fiduciary relationship unless one is expressly established by the terms of the participation agreement. Number four, is it possible for what appears to be the sale of a participation to be characterized as something else? Answer, yes. Since the existence of risk to the participant is critical to the characterization of the participation as a sale, 
If the participation agreement contains a sale with recourse clause or a put, it can be treated as a loan from the participant to the lead rather than a participation. Number five. What is the risk to the participant if the purported participation is treated as a loan? Answer. If the lead becomes insolvent and is taken over by the FDIC, the participant will be treated as an unsecured lender of the insolvent lead and will not receive post-seizure collections. Number six, if the lead makes an affirmative misrepresentation to the participant to induce it to participate, can the participant sue the lead? Answer, yes. The lead will be liable for damages suffered by the participant for misrepresentations such as having a first priority security interest in the collateral securing the participated loan when in fact it didn't have one. Number seven, if a lead executes loan documents with a borrower and then tries to but cannot obtain participants, is the lead excused from funding the entire credit facility? Answer, no. If the participation contemplated by the lead does not materialize, it is not excused from funding the entire credit facility unless the loan documents with the borrower provide to the contrary. Number eight. Is it customary for the participation agreement to contain an exculpation clause designed to protect the lead? Answer, yes. The lead will want to disclaim all liabilities except for gross negligence or willful misconduct, but should agree to administer the loan with the same degree of care it uses for its own independent loans. Number nine, <clears throat> does the lead want to have the broadest possible authority in making decisions concerning the participated loan? Answer, yes. The lead will be concerned with the difficulty it may encounter to obtain the approval of participants with respect to significant credit and administrative decisions it must make. It does not want to be precluded from taking decisive action. Number 10, are there certain acts that the lead typically cannot take unilaterally? Answer, yes. Generally, the lead cannot unilaterally extend the time for payment, decrease the rate of interest, release any collateral, or release a guarantor. Number 11. When there are multiple participants 
How are voting rights usually determined? Most voting arrangements stipulate that major decisions will require the consent of participants that have funded not less than two-thirds or some other negotiated percentage of the borrower's outstanding indebtedness, and often that percentage must include the lead. Number 12. Will the lead want to reserve the right to make other loans of its own to the borrower? Answer yes. The lead will want to reserve the right to make other loans to the borrower, whereas the participants will want to restrict that right. The compromise is to allow other loans by the borrower so long as they are subordinated to the participated loan. Number 13. Will the participation agreement impose either prohibitions or limitations on the participant's ability to sell subparticipations? Answer yes. These prohibitions or limitations are designed to keep the administration of the loan within manageable proportions. Number 14. Should the participation agreement terminate concurrently with the termination of the loan agreement? Answer yes. If the participation agreement terminates before the loan agreement does, in order to be paid, the participant would have to deal directly with the borrower and try to enforce rights granted under the loan documents. Unless the borrower consents, this will be virtually impossible since there is no direct contractual relationship between the borrower and the participant. Number 15. Should the participation agreement deal with the rights and responsibilities of the lead and the participant if the borrower seeks bankruptcy protection? Answer yes. It is generally advisable for a pre-petition lender to finance its borrower in a chapter proceeding, and the participation agreement should address this issue. This can avoid a situation in which the lead was willing to provide post-petition financing, but the participant was not. In that case, the lead would have to proceed without the participant or scramble to find a new participant for a loan to a chapter debtor. Not easily done. Number 16. Should the lead be required to share setoffs with the participant? Answer, yes. If the lead is a depository bank for the borrower, the participation agreement should provide that any amounts obtained by the lead by the exercise of setoff rights will be shared by the lead and the participant. Number 17. How is the lead compensated? 
Closing fees are usually not shared, and the lead will derive additional compensation by the spread between the interest rate charged the borrower and a lesser rate paid to the participant on its participation. However, if the participant's lower rate is passed on to the borrower, it becomes a blended rate credit facility. Number 18. Should the lead share with the participant all pertinent materials received from or about the borrower? Answer, yes. The lead lender should distribute to the participant in raw form all pertinent materials when received without comment and not in condensed form. This is designed to preserve the obligation of the participant to base its credit decisions on its own independent evaluation. Number 19. How are payments received on the borrower's indebtedness applied? Answer. Funds received on the borrower's indebtedness are applied first to expenses, such as out-of-pocket expenditures and attorney's fees, then to accrued and unpaid interest, and finally to principal. Number 20. Will the participation agreement generally contain any exoneration for the lead? Generally, the participation agreement will provide that with the exception of the lead's gross negligence or willful misconduct, the participant exonerates the lead for any loss of, depreciation of, or failure to realize on the collateral or any guarantee or the failure to collect or receive payment of the loans or other sums due from the borrower. Number 21. Can the lead be granted an option to purchase the interest of the participant? Answer yes. The lead may negotiate for and obtain an option to purchase the interest of the participant by paying the participant its proportionate share of the outstanding principal amount of the borrower's indebtedness and interest accrued and paid thereon. This can be useful if the participant turns out to be difficult to deal with. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the 21 questions I wanted to propound to you. I appreciate your attention and I wish you a pleasant day.